good people peace fee how you feeling today i'm feeling present Wonderful. how are you i'm present i'm grateful had a great day mm-hmm. so thank you all for tuning into another episode of soul affirmations with felicia and kariga y'all know it's with kariga and felicia and most importantly <laughs> you the listeners on the black love podcast network Yes. yes. <laughs> so, today's conversation, it is going to start with a very special affirmation mm-hmm. from my book. Mm-hmm. I actually picked two because I feel like to communicate, articulate best this conversation you and I are going to have today about grief. Okay. I love that. Um, if you turn to page 58 of my book, you will find that it reads, I talk about the loss so that I am able to talk about the love. Talking about the loss is evidence of the love that is present. My grief is love. Mm. You want to read it? May I? Please. Yeah, yeah. I need to feel that. Yeah. I got to pass on this text. Go ahead. I talk about the loss so that I'm able to talk about the love. Talking about the loss is evidence of the love that is present. My grief is love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That affirmation is so special to me. I, I actually vividly remember where it comes from. I was in the coffee shop, my favorite coffee shop, Pete's. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Pete's Coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went up to the register to order my usual. And I frequent this coffee shop, I frequented it quite often before becoming pregnant with Kamayu and during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so is the same after giving birth. And I went up to the register and I put my phone down, face up. And there's a picture of Kamayu on the face of the phone. The gentleman that was taking my order, he says to me, oh, that's such a cute baby. And I was just so happy to receive that compliment Mm -hmm. because I hadn't been able to share Kamayu the way that I intended to or planned to. Mm -hmm. And him giving me that compliment about Kamayu, I received it, but then I began to share with him what happened, right? And And I told him that she's my daughter on she came and she left the the same day and i remember his face his face was like just shocked i'm sure he wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. you know and then again this is a a coffee shop i'm just placing an order mm-hmm. but i was i said it and later that day the image of his face like remained present in my mind And I remember like asking myself, man, like, why did I say something? Why did I say 
what happened to her? Why didn't I just receive the compliment and say nothing else? And I had to like go through several iterations in my phone of kind of writing about what it is that I felt, what I was feeling. And I realized like, I actually like talking about Kamayu. I realized that Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't always feel good because the grief was so present, Mm -hmm. I have so much joy when talking about her. And I said to myself like, Every chance I get, like you gonna get this love and this talk about Kamayu because <laughs> I love her and she came and she, she's my baby. And I wish that I could remember exactly what it is that I wrote, but I love how I found myself here, mm-hmm. realizing that I actually am talking about the loss mm-hmm. because I get a chance to talk about the love that I have for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that experience, though it was uncomfortable to navigate, help me to understand more about how my grief is actually love. Absolutely. Felicia, I love that you. Oh, thank you. No, I really love that you shared that writing in the moment. And there's such depth to that moment, especially when you describe the discomfort for me. It was a reminder that sometimes what presents as discomfort is an invitation Mm -hmm. to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, like I was challenged for future moments on whether or not I would say something, should someone say something to me about Kamayu? Mm-hmm. Right? Should I like maybe I shouldn't say anything and make him uncomfortable? But this other affirmation, like I said, I went through the writing, the iterations of writing, and I found on page 94. Yeah. By acknowledging the loss, I am able to experience the love. Yes. Yes. By acknowledging the loss, I am able to experience the love. Yes. It brings present for me what I've learned from the spaces with the mothers and be imaginative. Mm-hmm. And this joy, this sensation they all describe when they get to talk about their babies. Mm-hmm. Some of their babies are 24, some of their babies are 31, some of their babies are 50. But when they get to talk about their children, something happens on the inside. Mm-hmm. They have so much experiences they often want to share, but there's no space. Mm-hmm. And it's really profound to me how our worlds change when we make space for one another. It brings me to an example of a space you and I held the other night recently. Before going to the next place, I want to go back to the setting Pete's mm-hmm. and the young man who was taking your order. And you described as, I was just an order. And when we see one another in strictly transactions, mm-hmm. we can miss the depth of who we really are. Mm-hmm. And how important it is to see one another as experiences and not transactions. Wow, that's so because you weren't just placing an order. He offered curiosity to your world, saw your phone, complimented your baby. And in that moment, it was no longer just an order. Mm-hmm. It was your invitation to grow, though discomfort mm. presented. And it's really beautiful to me when we can take time to be that intentional. So in the intention 
Felicia and I have done work with a church here in Oakland, Imani Community Church. And we've done some grief work in the past, but they recently invited us back to hold space, facilitate mm-hmm. a, a meeting that was centered on exploring grief. Mm-hmm. And we come to the space, and let me just share had been a while since we've come to a virtual space together mm-hmm. because, you know, our executive producer, Kamali, she, <laughs> she does things differently, but she afforded us the opportunity to come to this group. And Felicia and I, I remember in my body, like sitting present, taking deep breaths and recalling some places in our journey. And for me, at least, it felt so important, but different because making space to explore the role of love and grief while actively parenting a child is such a, such a dance of balance. Mm-hmm. It is not always easy to explore the full spectrum of your emotions because so many of what you have to be available to is your child present. But that group that night helped situate for us an opportunity to make room Mm -hmm. for the grief, Mm -hmm. for the love, for Kamayu, for how she is shaping our world. And something so beautiful happened in that space. I remember feeling like, wow, I'm so glad I get to be here. But Somewhere in the journey, a mother spoke about, this would happen first, a mother spoke about a loss she experienced and how much she valued seeing me present Mm. with Felicia in the process. And I remember Felicia remarking that this is the only journey she knows with me there. It made me really think about all the men who have had these experiences Mm -hmm. who no one hears from. Mm -hmm. And my heart just extended in that moment Mm -hmm. because it manifests in so many different other presentations when you, there's no way to express this. Mm -hmm. But what also happened is another mother spoke about her child and she said, I know this might be a little different because my baby was 50. (laughs) Right. And let me just say this. She was calling in on the Zoom, but then she was like, however, our accounts were linked. We could see her talking, calling in on the phone. Mm -hmm. And she had the sweetest voice. There was no way we thought that she could have a child that was 50. Like Loretta Divine sweet. It was it was the sweetest voice. And it got even sweeter when she got to talk about her. Her baby. Her baby. Her baby. He was 50. It was so beautiful to experience hearing the sparkle in this mother's voice seeing the you know the smile the sash of her shoulders Mm -hmm. she liked to talk about them Mm -hmm. she liked to talk about the experiences and she remarked that it felt good and it was such an important reminder for me that is also why we do this work to create the conditions right Mm -hmm to create the conditions for all of us to 
love more abundantly, but also feel deeper. If for that moment, our experiences with Kamayu, with Kareem, with countless loved ones, Mm -hmm. but those two, the, the closeness to our daily lived experiences, when we spoke about our loss, not only did it create the conditions for us to speak about our love, but it did the same for others. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a beautiful fabric. And it happens when somebody finds the, the courage, when they just can't hold it in. And you look around, you realize, oh, snap, uh, you feel that way too. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So beautiful and so important. I can actually even recall, like, coming into this space, there were quite a bit of folks participating. But from what I could see, although I couldn't see everyone, they were elders. And so I wasn't sure like what our conversation would be like for them, for someone who has lived longer. Mm-hmm. And if, you're, if you've lived, I, I know you understand grief in some form, mm-hmm. right? And I guess I was in my own conversation and talking to them, I was just kind of assuming like, I may not have much to offer here. There's there's wisdom. They have the wisdom and they may know things that I don't know because they've lived longer, you know? Mm-hmm. That honestly, that's how I, I felt coming in. I remember I felt similarly. But when we got to the point of an opportunity for them to speak back to us, and those mothers talked to me about their children, suddenly there was this like bridge of connectedness. I lit up at the opportunity to be able to share the similar similar experiences mm-hmm. um, from experiencing a loss mm-hmm. of a child. And it's like, a, I, I don't even know. How, it just literally felt like a bridge Yeah. at that point. Absolutely. Connectedness. It, I love yeah, how you described it. It was connectedness immediately. And I just think, man, how important connectedness is. Mm-hmm. How... We talk about it so much, but had I not had the connectedness, I would probably be feeling very, very alone and may not even understand the joy that accompanies grief. Wow. Because we were laughing. Yeah. Yeah. This did happen. Laughter happened in that moment. For you identified connectedness as this essential need, but you also highlighted that connectedness has a link to experiencing the joy Mm -hmm. because in your own mind it might be hard to find a reason to smile yeah it might be hard to find a sense of humor Mm -hmm. but in community when we realize we're having a shared experience it creates a a value Mm -hmm. it creates a culture Mm-hmm. And you find more parts of yourself, mm-hmm. like the part that the mother described, leaving his Christmas stocking up mm-hmm. and writing notes to him, and then at some point taking time to read those. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful. There was wisdom there. And I love the adaptation because you need new ways of making it through different times of the year. We know the holidays present its own nuance of grief. But when you are able to hold space and remember, it made me think about the Christmas when we had 
Kamayu's name embroidered in our robes. Oh, <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. It was a way to hold space that year. Yep. And it may vary from year to year, but the practice of holding space never changes. Mm-hmm. And when Fee spoke about how we felt entering this group with our elders, those who we assume have inherent wisdom, one thing that was apparent was that with grief, because it is an experience of love and because love is timeless and knows no bounds and, and exists between the dimensions, mm-hmm. we have to be mindful that it is a human need and experience and age does not place qualification, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Nor confirm nor denies that you've had this type of experience. Mm-hmm. Because when the older woman expressed that her loss was many, many, many years ago, and it made her think of something, and it made her express something, mm. we're not sure where on the spectrum of life, if they've ever had an opportunity yeah. to speak about their love this way. They could have very well experienced a, a more isolated world, mm-hmm. a more productivity-based world, a world where they didn't have room to process. And without having that room, over time, you learn to function without having that room. But it's just, an, but when you don't have room, I like to describe it creates a room inside of you. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a comfortable <laughs> place to go. And sometimes it's buried and sometimes it's locked, but that place exists inside of you. So we create room for that to be spoken out loud because when we acknowledge the loss, we're able to acknowledge the love. Man. Yeah. Mm. I am in reflection of this conversation Mm -hmm. with the Money Community Church. There were some things that you said that came up for me feeling deeper and finding new ways to get through. And although I haven't fully processed what it is that I'm presently experiencing as Kamayu's mom, I'd like to try and find my way with you. I am now trying to understand more about the new ways that I show up as Kamayu's mom. Mm -hmm. And it can be challenging for me with what my present is looking like day to day. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I haven't actually had this conversation with any of my angel mothers. So I am experiencing this kind of new terrain Mm -hmm. and I want to make space for Kamayu. But I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. So I bring that up here because You know, this podcast is for reference and I know that I have angel mothers that listen and I don't know, you know, I think, well, naturally what happens is you become engulfed in your infant, your baby and your toddler's schedule. Mm -hmm. And in the ways that I used to show up for Kamayu, I don't show up in those ways anymore. So I'm having to do some work to understand in what ways I am showing up as her mother and acknowledge those ways. 
And I'm realizing now in conversation with you that having that conversation with that group was another way that I get to do that. Absolutely. Right? Like, even when I think that I am missing the mark because I don't get to go to her corner every Mm. day like I did before Kamali got here, Mm -hmm. or I don't get to smell her beanie every day like I did, Mm -hmm. and I don't get to... I don't get to be with her things like I did before. Right? But what I'm also recognizing is like the same way that Kamali is growing and I don't get to be with her the same way that I did when she was a brand spanking new baby. Mm-hmm. That I am with her differently now. I, 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 I am her mom differently now than I was when she first got here. It's the same with Kamayu. Yes. It's just sometimes it can be a challenge to understand that because I don't have her physical presence. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But again, like I said, grateful for the ways that I'm learning. I'm so encouraged by your learning and your leaning into the learning. For an for an angel mother who is three months and four months into the process, I'm so glad that you spoke these words about this part of the journey because it's not over. It's it's not over. It's yeah. ongoing. But here's what's beautiful. If you've listened to this podcast prior to this episode, you might remember an episode where we described we were traveling to DC <laughs> and we were so, it was so hard to travel without her, without her urn without the things that reminded us of her most. And we looked down and Felicia was wearing the sweatpants, sweatsuit that said, come on, you so. Right? And, we had, and friends were waiting for us in DC to receive and make space, right? So mm-hmm. she, was, she was with us and there. And I love that I get to hold that as reference for this reference, that I am witnessing a very similar desire to be near her only for a revelation to be made that she is always with you. Man. She is always with you. The very urge to want to make room for her is evidence of you making room for her. (laughs) Thinking about making room for her is you making room for her. And then when you come to the practice, it makes more room. We love more abundantly. Mm-hmm. Loving more abundantly is not a theoretical construct. It is the repetition of coming to the practice regularly. And it makes room regularly. Mm-hmm. It's like a scheduled maintenance for all of the busy that life throws you. Slowing down to process and be present. I, I ensure you that Kamayu is with you always in the way you mother in the way you love, you have wisdom with Kamali that comes from your experiences with Kamayu. You've never changed a diaper before Kamayu, and we didn't get very many changes in there. But you have wisdom with Kamali that comes by way of you being Kamayu's mother. Mm-hmm. I see it in your instinct. I see it in your love. She's with you. She's making space. 
She's she's designing our work. And I think that's often what happens with parenthood. As I've seen it, parents have to restructure what they thought their work schedule was and is to meet the needs of their children. And it isn't always an easy compromise, but it's a necessary compromise. Right. Kamayu and Kamali have done that for us the same. Mm -hmm. The tracks that we were on versus the one we are on now when we're present is vastly different. Mm -hmm. But this is where we are supposed to be, doing the work we are supposed to do, making room in communities, in spaces, in homes that often aren't receiving this type of messaging. Mm -hmm. But this is the work that I truly find purposeful and meaningful. When we were in that group last night and I heard from someone someone who spoke about the idea that how much this is necessary, mm-hmm. coming to it and finding it is necessary. Mm-hmm. My deepest desire is for us to see self-work as noble work. Mm-hmm. And that's a very hard concept for black people and people of color to register because so much of our being is spent doing, mm-hmm. working to provide. But we, we deserve this. We deserve this space. Mm-hmm. So we'll continue to make this space. And whoever finds it, it's for you and share it. It's for us. Yes. Thank you, Rico. I encourage anybody that's listening who may have experienced the loss of a loved one, a child, at any walk of loss, that you find the time or the time presents itself where you are able to acknowledge it so that you are able to experience the love that's there. It creates room for us to love more abundantly. And that is the highest work. That is the highest work. It is the greatest cause, man. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of Soul Affirmations. Thank you for making space with us. Yes. Taking a moment to investigate, to feel, to feel more deeply. Be sure to share this episode with a friend, mm-hmm. with somebody who you may not have the right words for. Mm-hmm. Fee, I thank you for your courage. I love you on air and off air. You're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. You're doing amazing work. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for building this world with us. Um, massive love. We want to say a big thank you to our Black Love Podcast family. Yeah. We are making way together, making room together. Massive love to Tommy and Cody, our executive producers. Crystal Hill, our producer. Peace. Peace.